your presence. We thank God for his presence in this building and his presence uh, in our lives uh, because it's his presence that got us here. Amen? It's his call that made us wake up this morning and say we're going to come and assemble ourselves together. So we thank God for that. Uh, what we want to do is start, turn our Bibles to First Chronicles this morning. That's a book we don't often look in, but First Chronicles this morning because he, he, he mentioned something early. He said, I need you to make God your priority. Make God your priority. And as we watch this in the, in the unveiling of what God's message is today, let us always keep in mind that God is uh, uh, supposed to be number one. Is he not? Amen. Didn't say you wouldn't have other things to do or other plans that you had or, or, or the things you need to accomplish, but God is supposed to be our priority. And, and David caught this. David had a, an idea. David, uh, he had accomplished many things uh, for the kingdom of God, but he, he, after he got a word from the Father, he, he, he said, well, I'm going to make something my priority for the kingdom. This one thing, he said, I'm going to make priority, and, and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this happens because this is what my God told me to do. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, we'll begin this morning. 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and we're going to begin at verse 1. That's 1 Chronicles 29 and verse 1. And it says, Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. Now he was, he was talking to the people. He was, he was telling them, look, what we're about to do, what I am doing and what we're about to do is this, this house that we're going to build is not for man, but for who? For the Lord, right? And he said, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass of things of brass, the iron of things of iron, and the wood of things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistening stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, even 3,000 talents of gold and of gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses withal. Now, what he was explaining, he said, Everything I got, I'm giving. I want to make sure the house of God is what the house of God is supposed to be. This is the instruction that the, that, the, that, the, that the Lord had given him. And he said, man, I'm setting my heart. My priority is this. And he started explaining how much he gave. And it wasn't a braggadocious statement. It was a statement to encourage the next set of people who were going to do this. Now, let, let's, let's keep reading. He said... Um, Verse 5, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all the manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing, no, and then he said, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Now he said, I've given all of this. I've done all of this as king. This is what I'm doing. I didn't take from the people 
I gave of myself. I gave everything I had because my priority, number one, is the house of the Lord. Then he asked the question, and who then is willing to consecrate his service this day unto the Lord? Who is willing? Now he's talking to the people. Now let's see what the response was. In verse 6, he said, Then the chief of the fathers and the princes of the tribes of Israel. And this is where it has to start. See, the king said it. So the next layer of authority is who? The fathers and the prince and princes. These is because it represented the homes. And the, who was in charge of the homes? He said, the fathers are supposed to be the ones that said, yes, we're going to step up our game too. Amen? And what did they do? Uh, the princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and of hundreds and the rulers of the king's work offered how? Willingly. Huge point. They offered willingly. They saw David. And their hearts were stirred too. Because what stirred David's heart? But the spirit of God. And so now the, the, the fathers and the chief uh, of Israel, their hearts were stirred too. And, and what did they do? They offered willingly. And let's see what they gave. And gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents and 10,000 drams. And of silver 10,000 talents and of brass 18,000 talents and 100,000 talents of iron. Now, you don't have to know what a talent is. So just that you know, it was a lot of stuff. Like 100,000. Yeah, 100,000, anything is a lot of stuff. They gave willingly, didn't they? And they gave for the purpose of the service of the house of God. Verse 8. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jeliel, the who? Gezranite. And when the, then the people rejoiced, for, they, for that they offered willingly. So now it's down with the people. The people saw all these examples, and they got excited about it too. They said, it's for the house of the Lord. It's for the work of the Lord. Give, give, give willingly. Because their perfect heart, with perfect heart, they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also Rejoice with great joy. See, David had set his affection on the house of God. He made it his priority. Do you see what he God asked us? He said, he told us to make him our priority. Now we go to Colossians 3, of course. If ye then be risen with Christ, what happens? Seek those, Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. He said, set your what? affections on where? Things above. This was a heavenly project. Even though it was going to be manifested on earth, it was a heavenly project. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. For why? Ye are dead, and your life is hid where? In Christ and God. And see, our affections, our priorities, this affection word is wonderful. It, affection doesn't just mean, you know, ooh, you know, you know that kind of that kind of stuff. It means I give my full attention to, is what this word really means. He said, "Set your attention on things above. Set your 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 activities, your priorities on the things above." And David taught us. He said, "Man, the, the house of God needs some help. We need a house for God." And what did he do? He set his affections, and then everybody followed suit, didn't? They said, make him my priority. And you know what happened after that? 
They built this temple with Solomon, and guess what happened to Israel? They were blessed beyond measure. Why? Because they gave with a perfect heart. They gave willingly. And I want you to know something. Every time God's house had to be built, it was this way. He decided this. We don't have to question why he decided to build his house this way. Every time he wanted a house, this is how he did it. He wanted to teach the children of Israel what unselfish giving was about. And watch what God can do. Let's go to Ezra and see it again. Ezra, chapter 7. See, when somebody makes it their priority, when they make God the priority, their life changes forever. And always for the good. If you want to prosper, make God your priority. See, what happened, the devil did a trick about seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. He got these, these people out here to start talking prosperity. People say, oh, yeah, the prosperity, man, that's just wrong, that's just wrong. Oh, the devil used pieces of the word. God said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper. But they took it and made it an evil work in the, in the kingdom of God. They decided that I'm going to prosper as opposed to the what? The house of God. It became about me. So then it became a whole religion of selfishness. People start giving to the church so they can get. Didn't, you remember that, don't you? I guess they still do it. I, I don't watch those people no more. But you know, you sow the seed. If you sow the seed in my ministry, I will pray for you and God will tenfold give it to you. God said, the principle is sound. The application is wrong. You sow your seed in me because I have already sown my seed in you. And then watch what happened to your life. And don't sow your seed talking about I'm going to give God this, 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 Two, this one, 1992 broke down Cadillac so he can give me a 2016 Lexus. That's not what God does. God will give you two feet to catch the bus if you need to. Because he knows your heart, right? But, but God, God says, look, my house, my mission, these willing participants. He did this in, in the book of Ezra. We found in David when they were first building the temple, this is how he decided to do it. Let's go to Ezra chapter 7. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10. There was a man called Ezra, the scribe, right? He did something that we all must do. In verse 10 said, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and, do, and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Right? This is what Ezra, he was a scribe appointed by God to teach. This was his job. He had purpose in his heart. This is what I'm going to do. But he needed a house for God. So let's keep reading. Now this is the copy of the letter that the king Artaxerxes gave unto Ezra the priest, the scribe, even a scribe of the words of the commandments of the Lord and of his statutes to Israel. Now we know this particular chapter uh, as it relates to the 2300-day prophecy, because this was, the, this was the, uh, the order to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. But let's see how restoring and rebuilding the house of God happened. At Xerxes, verse 12, king of kings, unto Ezra the priest, he wrote this down, ascribed to the law of a God of heaven, perfect peace, and at such a time. Now, what's wonderful about this, God always has a Gentile. God always has one who's not affiliated with you. 
that has, has well, has, has, has riches, has resources. He always has one. And it, it's, it's sad that God has to go outside the faith to build his house. He has to go to the, he, he, Ezra, he had talked to, see, see Alexerxes respected Ezra. Respected, he, he respected him because he had purposed in his heart. He had taught even the king things about God, and he lived the life of God that God would have him to leave, live. And so Alexerxes saw this, and he said, okay, I'm going to make this decree. He said, verse 13, I make a decree that all they of the people of Israel and of his priests and Levites in my realm, which are minded of their what? Their own free will to go up to Jerusalem, Go with thee. Now, he said, man, Ezra, you all right. And I understand your God. I've seen what your God will do, and I've heard your testimony, and I tell you what, I'm not going to stand in the way of the rebuilding of the temple. He said, hey, anybody who wants to go with you, in my, anybody in my room, he had a big realm too, wasn't he? he? He said, anybody who wants to go back to home, let him go. And then he didn't just say that. Let's keep reading. Verse 14, for as much as thou art sent of the king and of the seven counselors to inquire concerning Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of God, which is in thine hand, and to carry what? The silver and gold, which the king and his counselors have what? Freely offered unto the God of Israel. It wasn't even their God. But they freely offered, didn't they? They saw something. They said, I'm not going to stand in the way of the building of the house of God. Now, he said, the counselors gave. The king gave. And what did they give him? Silver and gold. Who's, they said, uh, freely offered unto the God of Israel, whose habitation is in Jerusalem, and all the silver and gold that thou canst find in the province of Babylon. Was not that a large province? Is there anything y'all need? The king says, take it. The king says, go. Build your house. Restore Jerusalem. Because I know your God, that's your headquarters, and that needs to be done. And he said, with the free will offering of the people and of the priests, offering willingly for the house of their God, which is in Jerusalem. So he said, look now, we're going to do this, but y'all need to do that too now. You ever seen a grant like that? Matching grant. <laughs> he said, I'm going to do this, my counselors are going to do this, and your people need to be doing the same thing. But you need to be willing. They understood the principle. It had to be willing. Verse 17, that thou mayest buy speedily with the money, bullocks, rams, lambs, with their meat offerings and their drink offerings, and offer them upon the altar of the house of your God, which is in Jerusalem. He said, use the money for the service of the Lord, to sack the praising and worship of God. Use this money. And you know they didn't ask for it back? Out Xerxes didn't send his boy down there. Okay, now what'd you spend that on? <laughs> no, 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 mm -mm, no, I don't like that. I don't think we... They said, hey, give it to them. It's for their God. And one thing about God, do you know that God can take care of his treasury? Oh, let somebody start messing around with the treasury of God. You'd be unemployed. <laughs> God says, I got this. He moved on the heathen to encourage the church 
to build the house of God. Verse 18, And whatsoever shall seem good to thee and to thy brethren to do with the rest of the silver and the gold, that do after what? The will of your God. Hey Amen. When you're going to have more than you need to buy all these sacrifices and these bricks and all that, don't worry about that. Keep it. Whatever you think is right, use it that way. This was at a Xerxes. Lord help us. One more time. Go to Nehemiah 2. We ought to be getting, if God is your priority, watch what happens. We need to make God our priority. See, we're afraid that if God is our priority, we won't get to do what we want to do. God said, man, I am God. Do what I ask you to do, and watch, I do things you haven't even imagined can happen in your life. You, ain't even, you don't even know what happiness is yet. Make me your priority, and I'll, I'll, I'll increase your joy. I'll make your marriage make sense. <laughs> All the married people, people laughing. <laughs> I'll make it work. I'll make your heathen spouse bow down to me. Make me your priority. You believe that? And if you're the heathen spouse, he'll make you bow down to Amen? Amen. <laughs> Work of the Lord, it consumed Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah had a good government job. Y'all know he was a what? He was a cupbearer. That means you were really close when the king trusted you like that. You had a good government job. Your job was top-notch. You didn't live outside. You didn't live down in the, you didn't run up from the, from the fields to, to get a, to the wine. To, you were right there in the palace. But Nehemiah was consumed with a priority. Now let's see what Nehemiah did. Chapter 2 of Nehemiah. Chapter 2 of Nehemiah. Let's start at 3. See, the king had asked him, Nehemiah, I've known you all these years. You've never been sad. You've always been happy because you know one thing, it's against the law to come into my presence sad. So what's wrong, man? So verse 3 says, uh, Nehemiah 2 and verse 3. Nehemiah chapter 2 and verse 3. He said, and said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. It, over, it, it consumed him. He said, I can't live when I know the house of God is not where it should be. And this was a big thing, to walk into the presence of the king with this. But it didn't matter because his priority was to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Verse 4 said, Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? Now, he did a very wise thing, so I prayed to the God of heaven. You don't get this often. When the king says, what you need? He says, um, let me pray, because I need, to, I, I need, Lord, Lord. In verse 5 said, and I said unto the king, if it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, let's stop right there, just a second. All of us with government jobs. Jobs. Are you working your job 
that encourages your boss to have favor with you? Or you are irritant? Are you the one who shows up late, leaves early, half does their job, causes strife, always got something to say? See, we as a people, when we have these jobs, need to be working that will, that will, that will cause someone to have favor with you. You need to be the one that they say, that one I know. If the whole business is going bad and everybody's stealing, that one I know is not. We have to be that kind of people. We, are we that kind of people is the question. But he was. And he said, if I found favor in thy sight, that thou would have sent me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall the journey be? And when wilt thou return? Because, you know, you got a good guy here. When are you coming back, man? <laughs> he said, because he didn't have to let him go. He was a what? Slave. But he said, how long? When you, when you going? And how long will it be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me. And I set him a time. I told him when it was going to be. Verse 7 said, Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come unto Judah. He said, I know I'm going to have trouble getting from one place to another. Amen? Now, now but, but what's going to have to happen, I'm, I'm going to need some protection. I'm going I'm to need to do this. I need, I need some favors because we don't have anything. Because that's why Jerusalem. All of y'all would study what happened to Jerusalem and to Judah. If you would study this and understand what happened spiritually, why they were what? Where they were. But Nehemiah didn't care about that. Verse 8, he said, And a letter unto Ashpeth, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may what? Give me timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, which appertaineth to the house and for the wall of the city, and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king did what? Granted me. He didn't say the priest granted me. He didn't say the believer granted me. He didn't say the one who grew up in the church granted me. He said the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. So we got David. Amen? We got Ezra. Now we got Nehemiah. What was the priority? God. The house of God. They risked their lives. They gave their fortunes to make sure there was a house of God. To make sure the mission of God would go forward. That God's name would be proclaimed in all the earth. They gave it all for that. What is our priority? God said, make God's work your priority. Now remember, you might have other things to do. No one has called you out to be a, that's all you do. That's all I'm just going to do with God. That's, that's my job. You don't have to be that. But you have to make God your priority. You might be a, a banker. You might be a school teacher. You might be a, 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 a doctor. You might be a lawyer. Whatever you, it doesn't matter. God is your priority. So everything you do is for what? The glory of God. 
when you win a case in court, you got to say more than thank you. Yeah, you say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but it's got to be more than, well, I want to thank God for all these things. I won this case because God did this for me, and I'm going to make sure God's mission goes forward. I used to tease people. I said, y'all, you want to get you, I want to work overtime because God's house is in trouble. I want to get that extra check. So, so I know God's house is in, you know, we got something coming up here in June, an appointed hour in June, and God's house is in trouble. But isn't God wonderful? Man, if we got a house, we weren't supposed to be here. But God says, don't worry. I'll send someone. I was talking to our brother down in Atlanta. Do you know what happened down there? The exact same thing. Somebody who didn't even go to the church. Because they were trying to do what they did. They didn't, have any, they didn't have a quarter. But by faith, they went forward. Somebody came by they ain't seen in years. And said, you know, I got some back ties I need to pay. I got some ball. I've been slow for all these years. Boom. You know what it was? Not only did they have the convocation, but they had new floors. They got things fixed around there. Because somebody, somebody who did not belong to the church, God had to move on them. So you see, I, that's why I'm not, I don't worry. Because God moves, doesn't he? Amen. He looks for the receptive heart. That's all he's looking for, a willing heart. He doesn't care if you go to church or not. He wants you to be there, and this might even help them because it's, oh man, that felt pretty good. So if y'all run into a king, let us know. Because God's got a few out there, doesn't he? But he says, look, my children need to understand. I, they need to make God's work their priority. Psalm 132. David, same thing. There's another account of David's uh, uh, of dedication. David couldn't even go to sleep. David couldn't sleep because he was so concerned about the house of God. Have you ever been that way about God's mission? I can't sleep, Lord, Lord, what are we going to do? Or are we so wrapped up in our own priority? Now, you'll, you'll, you'll stay awake thinking about your rent, thinking about your mortgage, thinking about your car payment. What are we going to, that will do. But do you ever stay up and say, Lord, the mission of, the, of, of, of your kingdom is at risk. Lord, help us. I know you do, don't you? From time to time, I know you do. Say amen. I mean, don't lie. I mean, but, <laughs> but I have faith that you do. Amen? Because we're still here. Amen. Psalm 132, verse 3. David was, was talking about this particular situation. He said, Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up unto my bed. I will not give sleep to mine eyes or slumber to my eyelids until what? I find out a place for who? A habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. What dedication is that? It became priority number what? One. He said, I, 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 I can't do it. 
how can I be comfortable? How can I dwell in my sealed house and the house of God lay waste? How can I do that? I love my God too much. Lord, tell me what I need to do. Give me what I need to have so I can make sure your mission goes forward. And he said, the first thing you got to deal with is something called self. When God is your number one priority, self is in trouble. But when God is not your number one priority, self rules the, the house. Go to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. We won't be too long. Well, we always say that. But we'll try not to be as long. Self-denial. Acts chapter 20. This brother here. See, once we make God our priority, this is what happens. The world grows strangely dim. The things of this earth, the issues we have, it becomes of no consequence. We were sharing with a sister this morning about her third grade math test. It is of no consequence right now, is it? But oh, when you were in third grade and you didn't know that two divided by, that didn't, you just didn't, couldn't do long division. Uh, it was a mind-blowing experience. But what God has for us now is an opportunity not to be afraid, not to make self our driving force, but have faith and trust in him. But we have to deny ourselves. We have to, to get past a point where, where we... We, we, we worry about things. If God's mission is God's house is your number one priority, why are you worried? We shared with the brothers and sisters a few years ago that they called and said, Brother Shaw, we, how are we going to do this? I said, well, we don't have any money. And I said, if it, it, it's the will of God, that's his problem. And so they adopted a phrase. They adopted a phrase this year, God's will, God's bill. Now, God has made his, 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 his system dependent on a willing heart. Wow. And that was for the saving of us. You don't think God could rain down whatever? He could, he could have a Brinks truck pull up right now and give us 8,000 bars of gold. How much is that here? Oh. <laughs> God said, but I, I'm trying to save y'all. What do you think all these meetings we have, all these times back in Israel, what were they for? To always keep us out of ourselves. Always keep us thinking about the mission. Always think about others. Always thinking about God and being praising God for the, the blessings he has bestowed upon us. Do you know when you came to one of these meetings, you came with a, a free will offering. So you had a lot of offerings, but you had a bank offering. You had a peace offering, but you had a free will offering. Sometimes you just say, here. Do you ever need a reason to give? No. God is the reason to give. That's your reason. But you don't have to, well, we're trying to have put a doorknob on the, on the bathroom, and we need a bathroom door offering. No. If everybody was a free will giver, and God was the priority number one, we'd have a lot of doorknobs, wouldn't we? We wouldn't be worried about what we're worrying about now. We wouldn't be in the condition we are. It's not me or you in the condition. We are putting God's name in this condition. 
God's name is being dragged through the mud because of us. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. This brother here, he said, you know what? God's my number one priority. Let me show you what I'm talking about in verse 22. Because sometimes we can get a little nervous that, that, that it's going to get tight. It's going to get tough. And God said in Acts 20, verse 22, And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bounds and afflictions abide me. He said, all these things are going to go down. I know it's going to be hard. But verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with the joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace, of the grace of who? I love it when he said, none of these things move me. I'm not letting the world and its problems and the things that I might have to go through move me. I'm not going to affiliate. I'm not going to associate with those who have this issue that God is, well, you know, I'd rather sit here and murmur and complain. He said, I, I don't have time for that because why? I've been called to his ministry. We were talking about in, in the hell spotlight, stressors. One thing we need to know about, you've been called to, to do with the will of God. Get rid of your stressors. Your stressors are those who don't believe. Your stressors who go from pillar to post saying, who don't stand up and rise up above it and proclaim the name of God with, with dignity. Find you somebody who's doing that. If you can't do it, if you don't have the strength, man, attach, attach yourself to somebody who will. And maybe you'll draw some strength from them. These stressors, man, this church, let me tell you, we got, you got to let it go. We don't need it anymore. If you don't believe, don't get in the way. Is that all right? Look at everybody, is that me? I'm not... No one is being accused. Amen? <laughs> you and your heart, go talk to the Lord. But if you don't believe, get out of the way. And that's for your safety. Because there's a locomotive coming through here in just a second. And if you own the track, what happens to you? <laughs> Lady got hit by a train down here. I don't know if she made it or not. Get off the track if you don't believe. Because we got to roll forward. And God says, I'm going to give him one more shot. He said, look, make me my, your priority. And be like this brother here in the book of Acts. He said, man, get around you, some, get some people around you. He said, none of these things move me. The fact that we don't have this. The fact, he said, we're going to make God our number one priority. And his mission and his house, the number one priority. What have we done so far? Have we done that in anything in our lives? Has God become our priority and watch what God, has God done something for you when you did that? See, give you a case in point. Let's say you, you got $100. You got an extra $100. Anybody ever, ever had an extra $100? Amen. You know, you walk down the street and there's $100 on the ground. <laughs> That's what I call extra $100. The, no, like this, uh, the $100 that was not earmarked for something else. 
And the spirit moved you and said, you know what? Give it. And you were all, you know, joyful and happy. And then next week came, man, I could have used that whole lot. <laughs> all that blessing just left in the room. Man, I could have made that. You know what? That bill was exactly $100. Maybe God would give me that 100 for my bill. <laughs> we got to learn the spirit of God. Because if we do what God asks us to do, we won't have these issues. You know, as you were saying this morning, Sister Jerry, there's stress, the stressors, but the stress comes from how we react to them. Oh, didn't say they wouldn't. These things wouldn't occur. It's just our spirit is so different. Pfft, ain't no stress. Yeah, hey, none of these things matter. Whip, lost, lost the house. Ah! Think y'all could be like that? Well, not yet. I know that's graduate level. <laughs> Whip, lost the car. Ah! Wouldn't that be great? You can just say, ah! <laughs> Man, I, I didn't get the raise. Well, you know, God is good. Let's roll. God, where we going? Because my number one priority is your kingdom. And this must not have been, had any room in the kingdom. So uh, that's fine with me. None of these things move me. So don't get worried when the free will spirit comes. See, if I was one of those preachers, I don't think I ever wanted to be, that could, you know, have you just hollering and screaming and, and crying and make you feel guilty. And, you know, you know how the preachers go. And they won't leave until a certain amount. I've been in church that said, we're not leaving. Lock the door until we raise this much money. I'd break a window out. <laughs> but I know I don't want to be in there. We're not that kind of preacher. Matter of fact, we're more of a teacher. But what we want you to do is to make God your priority. Because the house of God is in need. God needs a place. A person called me this week and said, I can't believe it. And she, uh, they were talking about a, a conversation they were having. A lady was in tears. I can't believe that no one stepped up when they were getting kicked out. I said, well, you can't say that, sister. You know, <laughs> you know that, that, that really wasn't the issue. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to worry about that. What's wrong with the people? It's all right. It's all right. See, God's working on us all. God has a lesson in everything. And tears rolling down his face. Why can't God have a house? Why can't the people understand the house of God is the most important thing? I said, but some people do. Some people are going to. So I want you all to know you are on display because you have somebody who talks a lot, me who gets on all these iPod, YouTube, uh, and people listen, and they look, and they wonder. And so my question is, what about you? That's my only question. What about you? What about me? Are we doing all for God? See, that's what all God wants. He just needs us to do all we can do. That's all he wants. And because he got it, <laughs> He just is trying to save our souls by letting us participate in the ongoing mission of his kingdom. What happens if he didn't do that? 
Ah, oh, don't worry about it. We don't need you. <laughs> no, just show up. Look at What kind of people would we turn out to be? Wouldn't it be awful? If we didn't have to give, if we didn't have to sacrifice, if we, didn't, we would be a horrible people. And when those Israelites had to travel three times a year, minimum three times a year, that was a hardship. That was a self-denial activity. Well, you know, and their whole life was planned around that. And they would take their stuff. They said, well, we can't go, man, we can't go to the temple without offering it because God requires it. And as long as they did those things, they always had more to give. And they get back home, they had more than when they left with. Because that's our God we serve. So don't get nervous about making God your priority. He's got the rest of that list you got covered. What is it says, they seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added unto you. Go, go, to, go to Titus. Go to Titus chapter 2. He said, this is what I need us to do. We need to do this today. And it's okay. Nobody's feelings is hurting here, right? Because we're all making God our number one priority. If not, guess what we're going to do today? <laughs> On Tuesday, who's their number one priority? Jesus. How about Wednesday afternoon at 4? Jesus. How about when you pull up to Hibachi Supreme Buffet? Who's your number one priority? Jesus. Oh, I know, you pray. I know you pray before you eat. What do you pray? Lord, thank you. Right? Thank you for this food. Thank you for the means that provided it. And when you get up out of that prayer, I, mean, I just thank the Lord for this. I, I, I guess certain things I just can't eat. See, God's not going to take your Cheetos and turn into a carrot. People, oh, Lord, take this Cheeto, bless it, and turn it into something nutritious so I may benefit from it. We don't do that, do we? Amen. But we're going to have to learn to do everything and keep God in our focus and make it our number one priority in every aspect of our lives. Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 12. Titus chapter 2, starting at verse 12. He said, teaching us that denying ungodliness is the first thing. And what? Worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Then he says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, who? Jesus Christ. See, if you're looking for that, it's easy to keep God as your priority number one. You'll stop looking at it right now. You'll stop looking at, what am I going to be? What am I going to do? How am I going to have? I'm looking for the glorious appearing of Jesus. So your life kind of changes focus. Verse 14 said, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a what? A peculiar people, zealous of good works. Have you ever Zealous of good works? I just got to do good. <laughs> and you just, you just enthusiastic about it. You're just energetic about it. Just to do the right thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. Just do the right thing. Have we been like that before in our lives? Yes. You remember when you first met him? And you couldn't wait to do good. 
Because some of us, man, we didn't know what good was. We were just so happy to find out what good was. We did it. But oh, over the years, we get beat down. That's why he told us, don't be weary of well-doing. But you'll reap if you faint not. And the longer you live, the more weary you become. I know people. People will make you weary. People will make you just want to live, live on Mars. They'll make you just say, Lord, this can't be it. What's wrong with this people? But God says, I need you. <laughs> I need you to be zealous for good works. I need you to always know that I am your number one priority. And I want you to know that because you, I am your priority, you're going to run into situations where people don't agree with you. You're going to run into circumstances where they don't appreciate you. You're going to run into circumstances that all the good you've ever done for somebody will be thrown back into your face. He said, they did it to me. It's going to be done to you. But I still need you to be zealous of good works. Because your number one priority is not to make that person happy with you. It's to show that person me. Can we do that? Amen. Can we do that? Make God the number one priority. Make his mission the number one priority. Make his house the number one priority. And, 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 when, and as, as we go through this and we see it, and, 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 and I, I, we were in here this week, and my wife and I uh, are, have gotten good with building with nothing. You know how that is? When you, you know, you, you, if you had a, uh, this, it would work fine. But we got pieces of this, pieces. Uh, let's, we're going to make it look right. That's a good, that's a good thing. Uh, over the years, you learn those, those things. You have to. And, 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 but one time, wouldn't it be wonderful to have God's house have no problem with expenses? Uh, you know, we need, uh, uh, for this conference, we, we need to do this, 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 and this. Let it be done. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And, 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 uh, we've had that before. How do you think you're here? How do you think your chairs are here? Because we had that before. It wasn't a question if we had it. It was just what we need to do with it. And it's so wonderful when that's the case. Because you get to focus and you say, Lord, what is the right thing? Instead of what can thing can we afford? God's house should never have that question. What can we afford? Did David have that problem? Did Solomon have that problem when he was building a temple? How about, let's, let's, let's start with the little temple, the sanctuary. Did you read your Bible and it said, Moses, uh, uh, the, the brothers that were working in the temple, Moses, can you kind of like tell them stop bringing stuff? We got too much now. And so Moses had to tell them, Moses had to tell them, uh, y'all can stop giving. See, when God has a willing heart, this is what happens to God's mission. And don't you think those people were blessed tremendously? Man. So when, what I say when Nehemiah, when he went to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, what was he doing? He didn't have to worry about it. He, he, all he had to do was go map the thing out, Make sure Sam Ballard didn't get, <laughs> didn't get involved. And he had all that he needed because there was a willing heart involved. Can he create in us a clean heart today? 
Can he renew in us a right spirit? Can he give us a willing heart to say, yes, Lord, you're my number one priority? And that's all we need. Go to Hebrews 11 and we'll close. Hebrews chapter 11. Because this is how we move forward. It's wonderful when you move like this. I just, I mean, we don't have enough time to give you my testimonies <laughs> about moving like this. Oh, it's a, when I get, when I do get old, because I'm not old yet, I'm going to sit down and tell the world, start writing this book, and tell the world what faith is all about, and how walking faith is not walking blind. Walking faith is even better than that. You are walking with more sure steps because your God promised you this. Yes, you, you, you hit a bump every now and then. Why? Because that was your step, not God's step. <laughs> you know how we get going and th I think God said something and we go in, bonk. Oh, well, Lord, that wasn't your step. That was my step. But Abraham did something that we all can learn from today. In chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 8, by faith, Abraham. That should have been on his tombstone. By faith, Abraham. Everything he did by faith. When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. Now, did you catch this? A place which he should after receive, not immediately receive. See, it'd been easy if he said, get on a plane, go to New York, your house is waiting. But between where he was and where he was going to be, there were some lessons that had to be learned. We see that? And then he, he let's go forward. He said, by faith he sojourned into the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now look at verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker was who? So his priority was that city and not where he was. He said God gave him a mission. He promised him a land. But he knew he was simply a sojourner. You know, we are simply sojourners through this land. So we don't put all our efforts into being rooted in here. You spend all your life and lose all your soul for something that's all burning. Wouldn't that be awful? If the Lord let you have a, your little tablet and watch you, let you watch this, your last thing you see. You see all that stuff you did. You see us going up in smoke. And you lost your soul for that. For ashes. Forgive me. You lost your soul for it. And you didn't even receive it. It saddens me we, as, we, as we sometimes peek into the enemy's camp to see what the enemy has planned. Do you know the enemy has actually planned that you all, how's your life right now? Convenient? You have indoor plumbing? <laughs> you got, did you, you ate today, did you? You got a refrigerator? Did you go to the store to buy food? You didn't have to go and dig a hole in the ground and, and wait.
eight months. The enemy has, has decided that he doesn't want you to do that anymore. I mean, you know, the system that we work so hard for. He said, now we're going to make that go away. You all, they really believe you all live too high on a hog. They're going to bust you down the private. And you're going to be like those movies, you know, where everybody has the same uniform on, and you walk into the factory every day, you get your rations, you go to your little ugly, nasty place that you live with your, your ugly, nasty family, and, and you all sit there. And <laughs> that's what his plan is for you all. He's been planning that for 70 years. But oh, but God. God's waiting on you. So the system that we're working so hard for, that we believe so much in, that's what it wants to give you. If you want to watch a, a great, if you, you know, these old, these old books they used to have in the secular world, like 1984 was a great book. Uh, uh, they made a decent movie out of that too. And, and, and it just shows you the horrible nature of what man wants to do with those they don't live, love. What does God have for us? And what, and what God has. See, we're, we're entering into a phase in, the, in this age that without Jesus, you're in trouble. Without the power of God, it's not going to work. So reevaluate, reprioritize. Because this is why we don't really teach a lot of things about what's about to happen. Here comes the boogeyman. Because well, the, the boogeyman is here. And God is sheltering you from the boogeyman right now. That's why get a relationship with him. Because you're going to have to hold God's hand. He's going to have to hold you through all of this. And if you don't know him, if you haven't tried him, if you haven't trusted him, you're not going to know how to hold his hand. And you're going to run back to slavery. You're going to run back to Egypt. And Egypt is going to destroy you. The days of all that, you know, uh, the lies that we believed when we were growing up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, uh, 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 if you work hard, you will succeed. The system is designed for that never to happen. Has it happened? Do you know anybody it happened to? I love to see those people say, well, Bill Gates didn't go to college. Or, you know, or Steve Jobs just read a little bit more down. You're not them. Okay? You know, they give you the top ten people who didn't finish school that, that, that made billions. Keep reading. They're not you. It's not designed for you. But, oh, there's a system called Jesus that's designed for you. That all those things come in its, in its wake. All of those things come with him. Isn't it wonderful? So don't have your faith and hope in somebody you never met and a lie that you've been told that you can do what they did. So we don't believe that. Anybody believe that stuff? Anybody believe? <laughs> Amen. So our faith is where? Our priority is where? Now, is the house of God going to have to worry? If you can't help, if you can't give, your assignment is this. Make Jesus your priority and go find somebody. 
Can we do that? We walk around millionaires every day. But we also walk around people with a willing heart every day. See, God is not really interested in your finance. He's interested in your soul. If you give him your soul, your finances will go up. You believe that? If you give him your soul, your marriage will go up. If you give him your soul, your children will actually be okay. What else are you having problems with? Job? Oh, one of them? <laughs> give God your soul. and Watch what he does. Because remember, we have a collective thing, uh, activity. It's called what? Honoring our, glorifying our God, which is in heaven. Anybody on a job they love? That they would die for. Anybody in a university that they think is the best thing ever happened on earth? Anyone? Well, guess what? God has a university. He has a job. He has a mission for us all. So at the universities, I want you to do something for me. Make God your priority. At jobs, make God your priority. Don't you think it's time for your job to get better? Well, make God your priority. It will get better. Or it'll get gone. Amen? Amen. Any questions? Let's have a word of prayer. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.